Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, let's jump right into and recap the Tulsa game. The Bearcats take down Tulsa 81-55 to at Fifth Third Arena. J.T., thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, I thought it was a good 33 minutes, like 32. I feel like the first eight minutes was like gave you a little bit to, to want more. But I feel like after they once they got going, they got going and they did what they were supposed to do to a Tulsa team. Um, like you said, remember we talked about it on the on the preview of the game. Uh, they wanted to, them to turn Tulsa over. And I feel like they turned the ball over more than they normally do. And that helped. And they just I thought it was just a good, complete game. Um, Landers had a real good game, like I like I expected them to do. Um, he had what his fourth double double of the season, had I think 13 rebounds, I think career high. Um, and then Juice had 11 and nine, I want to say, or was it 14 and nine? 11 or 14 and nine. Jeremiah had a real solid game off the bench with 20 leading their all scores. I think they had five and double figures, right? Or was it six? Five. Um, five, five, and five okay, figures. five and double figures. So that's what you want to want to see. I want to say they won the rebounding battle, they did everything they were supposed to do, didn't turn the ball over a lot. Um, but like, yeah, good 30, good 33 minutes, 30, 32. After that, like that first, and when they got down like to 11 minutes in the first half, they just turned up and they never looked back. That's what we want to see. But I, I want them to see them to kick it in a little bit earlier. But I, I think maybe the crowd might have something to do with it too. It wasn't like a normal Rockets fifth third arena um, as a person that was there in a different capacity. It wasn't as loud as I probably expected it to be. So um, I bet the, the players might have fed off of that too. So, but the win is a win and they blew them out. Neil, what stuck out to you? Yeah, I think the thing that really stuck out to me the most was the aspect of Landers Nolly on the boards. Uh, He finished with 13 and 13. I mean, Landers is now fourth double-double of the season, I believe, as we talked about. But just the last five, six games, just seeing him crash the boards, like he's becoming a whole different player. And that's something Wes Miller emphasized in the post-game presser was, hey, now they got him crashing the boards. like. Now, just all of a sudden, he's a guy who can go out and just casually get a double-double every night. So, I mean, seeing a 13-13 and night for Landers is fantastic. I know he joked around post-game that he wanted 15, but he was apparently talking a lot of trash in the locker room to the team about how he he wanted all the boards. And his goal was 15 for the night is what he told us in the press conference, but he said some things happened, so he couldn't get 15. And he was Mm -hmm. pretty disappointed he couldn't get his 15 rebounds, so. Overall, I mean, if you can get another 13, 13 night out of Landers, I mean, this team's in great hands as long as he's crashing the boards. And it brings a different dynamic to this team. But another thing I was pretty impressed about was the play of Kalua Zepke on the defensive end. I mean, I think when he was in there, I mean, he played loose, he played confident. And I think if we can get that Kalou the whole season as we windled down the final stretch, I mean, He's it's going to be a it's going to be a fun, fun thing to watch. And I think people are starting to kind of take notice of that. I mean, Coach Miller also emphasized like that was a guy who was buried out of the rotation for a while. And I mean, 
just how he handled everything. He fought back. And I mean, seeing his progression in the last month, month and a half, roughly I'd say month has been fantastic. And I'm, I'm very excited for what Kalu can bring here down the final stretch. And after seeing how he played versus Houston both times and hear what he did on uh last night versus Tulsa, I mean, I'm very excited to see what Kalu can do here at the end of the season. I think Bearcats fans are starting to see like what he was capable of doing once they brought him in. So now that he's here, he's got his feet under him. He's starting to get adjusted a little bit more and he's getting settled in. I'm very excited. And I think the sky's the limit for Kalu and Zipke on both sides of the ball. Yeah, a couple things uh, on my end. Um, you know, when I got there and I got there before the tip off, I was like, man, is anybody here? Mm hmm. It was like a light crowd, but then it started to build up. I think what it ended up with the 9,000. Is that, I think they report like 9,000 or something like that. I think I heard, but um, I, listen, uh, JT, you stole a lot of my thunder. I mean, you said about everything that I wanted to my say. My bad, my no, bad. No no no. <laughs> no, 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 it was perfect. It was perfect. Uh, we, we started off a little slow and I was like, oh man, don't, don't be one of these games where you, you let this this weak Tulsa team get confidence, but we picked up the pace. Um, we pushed them on the turnovers. Um, you know, we only had when we had six turnovers. Um, I'm so impressed with that. You know, not, not, listen, Tulsa's not great, but we're I think we're building great habits, right? So you continue that. You're keeping it under ten turnovers every single game, and you're building good habits. So when you play the Houston's and better teams the, the the good habits are built in uh we out rebounded them 44 to 32 i like that um we saw a new look we saw the headband buzz cut vic man <laughs> i was I love it i love it he looked you know what and i want to i want to tell him this when i see him i'm, I'm gonna try to stop down to practice here soon i want to tell him man he looks more athletic like that like he, I like, yeah, I like yeah, right yeah, 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 yeah. He looks, it looks a lot better, man. So, looks yeah, like I think he, he was gonna go with the headband, man. I ain't think he, I ain't know he was gonna rock the headband. We saw the cut the day before. The cut was good. He was gonna rock the headband. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, once I saw him come out of the tunnel in pregame with the headband, I, I kind of looked at JT. I was like, headband Vic. <laughs> what are we gonna see tonight? And yeah. next thing you know, he averaged him. He almost had another double double. So I mean, might see a little more headband Vic here down the final stretch as well. So I, I like the look personally. I'll take hit Bam Vic if he plays, yeah, if he plays sure. well, right? So yeah, for sure, for sure. For sure. Um, balanced scoring, like you guys said, JD with 20. I thought JD played well. Landers double-double. Uh, good win for the Bearcats. Good care of business. Um, Cashmere Wright was in the building. It's funny that Cashmere Wright's there and JT's there. But – we didn't we get see next to each other to get the side by side. We they you don't see them in the same spot though. That's the thing. There's something going on, man. We need to investigate a little bit more. They 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 both were there, but not in the same area. Hmm. <laughs> Gotta get side by side and settle the debate. I, I can't wait. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Bearcats take on UCF Saturday at noon at Fifth Third Arena. And we want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria 2634 Shortvine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support. 
of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. And in this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who from the Bearcats needs to play well and why? All right, man. This this game is a very, very, very big game for the Bearcats. This is, to me, a must-win game against UCF, one of the better teams in the, in the conference. And they, they need that staple. I don't know if they'll get the respect for a staple win if they beat um, UCF. But uh, I say all that to say this. They, I'm going outside the box because you have their big three, our big three. They have to play well, of course. But I think this game will fall on Micah Adams Woods playing. He has to play solid, I think, from the jump. And, I, and Micah protects the ball like no other. But I think he has to have one of those games where he has that 10 to 15 point range and he has a couple of assists. I know David Julius has been doing more dishing out um, as of late. He's been terrific. I think after that, after that presser where he said, like, man, I, I looked at my assists, I didn't realize they were that low. I feel like he's had, like, at least six in every game since then. And that's not me That's not me looking at the stats right now. But I think Micah has to have one of those solid games where he shoots the ball well and he has 10 to 15. He can have nine, but if he's shooting it, like, if he hits two threes, He's making the right plays, but I think he needs one of those ones where he's like 10 to 15 points because I feel like every game that they win or they lose, it's because like the big three play well and then they don't have another person that kind of steps up. So I think I'm banking it all on Micah right now. He's been the one that's been solid. He's had a little slump, but he's been the one that's the most solid all year. So I think he has to have that game where he takes the bull by his horns and scores a little bit. Now, Neil, Tulsa is 13 and eight right now. Who do we UCF. need? To UCF. I'm sorry, I said Tulsa. Yeah, well, Tulsa again. You think about Tulsa? I, mean, if we, I wouldn't even be worried if. No, I'm saying I mean, definitely not play them like that. Yeah. My bad. Thank you. We could, we could play them twice. We could play them twice. That'd be great. <laughs> UCF is 13 and eight right now. Who do we need to watch out for from from Tulsa? Ah, from my bad. I said Tulsa. Yeah. I'm stuck on. I'm stuck on us beating Tulsa from UCF. My yeah, bad. So it's a long day. I'm sure. It has been a long day. I need, I think, one, of, I need one of them drinks, JT. <laughs> yeah. I feel you, man. It's been a long day. I'm out here. I'm struggling. Right. <laughs> I think for UCF, it all starts with freshman Taylor Hendricks. There's a reason Taylor Hendricks's latest mock drafts have him as a late first-round pick. I know I was looking at one earlier that had him at 25 to the Jazz, but he's a freshman. He's six foot nine, uh, forward slash small forward. He's very athletic. He can do a lot of things on both ends of the ball, uh, both ends of the court, offensive and defensively. He's averaging nearly 16 points a game, roughly, from uh, 14 and 7. He's got five double-doubles on the season, but he's shooting nearly 50% from the field. So anytime a guy's shooting 50% on the field, like you got to find a way to contain him or else he's going to find a way to go off. But what's really impressive in a guy like Taylor Hendricks is his defense. And I mean, looking down at the stat sheet, obviously being six foot nine, you have that long, lengthy kind of guy, but he's so young, but he is so long for a guy like his age. And I mean, he's leading the team in block shots. He's up to 38 block shots on the season. And I mean, when you have a guy who has that length and that ability to block shots on the defensive end, it causes mismatches and it can cause a lot of frustration and can lead to runs on the opposite end on the offensive end for UCF. So 
overall, like you have to find a way to stop Taylor Hendricks first. I mean, he can also really shoot the ball from three. He's almost 40% from the season from behind the arc. So that's what makes him so dynamic is his three-point shooting and his defensive playmaking abilities. And then on the opposite side, you have uh, senior guard C.J. Kelly, who's a bigger guard. He's got a, a bigger frame on his body, to say the least. Uh, he's six foot five. He's coming off a season high where he uh, scored 30 points from ECU on just nine of 13 from shooting. So he had one of those nights where it just seemed like everything was going in. But he can really get going from behind the arc. He's shooting nearly 40%, 43% from behind the arc. So this is a team that really kind of likes to shoot that three ball a little bit. And if they get hot, they get hot. But overall, like those are the two guys you have to really keep an eye on and hone in on. But then there's also a third guy in Athiel Horton, who is averaging, he's the team's third leading scorer. He's averaging, still averaging good numbers. He's averaging about 12 and four. So even averaging a guy, but he's one of those guys who gets the minutes. I know uh, UCF's website has him listed as second on the team in uh, minutes played right behind Taylor Hendricks. So those two guys like uh, Taylor Hendricks and I feel Horton are those other guys you're going to be seeing on that court for just about the whole, the whole time come uh, this Saturday. So, I mean, you got to find a way to contain those three guys or, that's where predominantly most of their scoring is going to come from. But if you can find a way to stop those three guys, it's, the Bearcats should be in perfect hands. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. So, Neil, let's jump back and talk about what type of offense and defense we should look out for from UCF. I didn't say Tulsa. UCF. There we go. What what type of offense should we expect from them, Alex? Offense and defense, yes. Offense, all right, let's rock with it. It's going to be starting with Taylor Hendricks. Look for them to find a way to get him going early. If they can get Hendricks inside early, whether it's attacking Vic, attacking Odie, or even just finding Hendricks in the mid-range game. If they can get that, if UCF gets that mid-range game going for a guy like Taylor Hendricks, it could be a tough night to stop defensively. But offensively, their offense is going to run out of uh, CJ Kelly and Taylor Hendricks, in my opinion, I think those are going to be the two guys who really, if you can get going, if they get going, it's going to be tough, tough to stop. But if they get those two guys going, I mean, both guys, I mean, we saw Hendricks go, Hendricks had a season high of 24 in his first collegiate game as a freshman. Like that's, that's crazy. If you think about it, like you burst onto the scene and you put up 24 in your first night, like let's be honest, how many college Basketball players do that on a daily outside of your top 10, top 15 prospects. Not many. But then you have C.J. Kelly. Like, C.J. Kelly's that night versus ECU, I went back and I watched a little bit of that game. And, man, he it just seemed like everything was falling. And if he comes in and has one of those nights where everything's going to go, it could, it could be a rough stop. It could be a rough stop because he went 9 from 13 from the field and he went 4 or 6 from behind the arc. So he's a very good shooter. He takes good selections, uh, good shot selection. So I just think just going out of those two, if those two get hot, it could be it could be a, it could be a dogfight in Fifth Third Arena come Saturday. And then the defensive end, it it starts with Taylor Hendricks. His length, his ability to block shots, create problems on the defensive end. If Taylor Hendricks can get some block shots early, get on some mismatches on the defensive end, it could be tough. They're a physical team. They like to play physical. They have the size, the length. Overall, I think it. If Taylor Hendricks gets going defensively and really has an ability to 
separate and block some shots, create some tough shots. Bearcats are going to be in for a mismatch. So I think I think I'm very curious to see how they will attack and plan for a team that has such a talented freshman in Taylor Hendricks. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit DonahueAccountingService.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Rebound the ball, man, and keep those turnovers low. Because you see when they keep those turnovers low, they are in the game. Just look at the C. Houston on the road. They rebound the ball. They didn't rebound the ball well against the Houston, but they did a good job against Tulsa. So uh, I want them to win the rebounding battle against UCF. And then shoot good shots, man. I feel like against Tulsa, they only had maybe two or three bad shots uh, the whole night. So they got to keep that up, man. Like you said, those good habits. And they need to keep those good habits on and beat a quality team in UCF. So if they're going to beat them, they can't give them live ball turnovers. And they they can't lose the the glass because that's key, man. Because if you're losing the glass and you're not shooting it as well as you are on a Tulsa night, that's recipe for disaster, and we don't want that. So um, I know it sounds generic, man, but they, they have to do that. They got to protect that ball, and that's super. That's the number one priority, and they got to get it off the glass, get it off get it off the glass, get it off the board. And I think this UCF team, too, a lot of people don't know. Like, this is a, this is a very talented UCF team. I mean, you look down at their win-loss ratio, and, I mean, they played Houston very tough both times they played. The first one, they lost 71 to 65. Then they lost to them 82 to 71 last week. But this is also the same UCF team that took Memphis to double overtime and beat them 107 to 104. So that's a that's a very good win. Like this is a very good UCF team. So it's going to be very exciting in Fifth Third Arena come Saturday at noon. Yeah, I wish we had a Memphis win on our belt already. Like, I'm <laughs> jealous about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, Neil, keeping with you, what do the Bearcats need to do to win big? Win big, limit the turnovers, and win the battle of the glass. I feel like that's something we talk about a lot. But if you got to stay under that 10 turnovers, if you can stay under that 10 turnovers, you'll be good. And I, I think it really comes down to winning the battle of the glass. Like If you can get a good double-double out of Landers again and get Landers crashing the boards, get Vic crashing the boards, Overall, you just have to win the Battle of the Glass. You have to. This is a team that comes in averaging like almost 40 rebounds a game for stats. I think they're about 38 rebounds per game. So they attack the glass. But on the other hand, they're only allowing teams to really average like 34 rebounds a game. So they're winning the Battle of the Glass for most of their games. But if the Bearcats can contain and win the Battle of the Glass, I think I think they're in good hands. I mean, if you can get Vic going early with five, six rebounds in the first seven nine minute range oh that's set like just establish your presence early in the paint whether it's protecting the glass on the defensive end or really just working inside but it all starts with how they play around the basket and on the defensive end in rebounding 
The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, now, now listen, there's a couple things that I looked at. So UCF has lost their last four games. Okay. Now, to me, this is where the Bearcats could really, I mean, they're, they're close to being broken, right? So you, if, you, if you're a, this is a good basketball, UCF is a good basketball team, right? They're well coached. Johnny Dawkins is a good coach, right? I think he does a good job, but I don't care who you are. You lose four in a row at this point in the season, you're close to being just broken. And this is where the Bearcats just need to step on them and just break them. Um, but like I always say, we got to start off hot. We can't have what happened against Tulsa, right? We got to start off hot. And I, and like I say, we got to punch them in the face early. Um, and I think in order to do that, that's those games where those veteran guys step up right away and they lead the way, whether that's Landers, whether that's Juice. I see one of those two guys stepping up early um, and really helping punch them in the mouth. Um, now, I, I just, for some reason, I don't feel like this game is going to end up being one of those blowout games. Um, you know, it's just going to be a, a chip away type of game. We just keep mm-hmm. chipping away, chipping away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, JT? Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. And we and we play them again in, in, in what, a couple weeks, two weeks? Yeah, yeah got to be. Yeah, got to be. Have a good opportunity right now. I mean, knowing they had some close losses, but this is a huge opportunity to go on the road and pick up a huge quadrant two win for everyone who knows the difference and pays attention to the quad ones, quad twos, and all that kind of aspect. But for the Bearcats right now, like go on the road, get this team in, come in here and get a uh, quad two win, especially right now heading into this final crucial stretch of the season. Like that's a big opportunity in that quad two. Uh, if they hold on and get that quad two win, that quad two win could hold some weight when it comes to March. So this is a big opportunity come Saturday. Yes, got to keep uh, chipping away at it. Um, I think they'll be fine. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. This is where we cover hot topics. So for this podcast, um, I was thinking about a hot topic. And I'm like, you know what? We're releasing it on 2-3-23 is the date. It's It's the GOAT day. Michael... Jeffrey Jordan. And I heard that a lot of um, TV stations on the GOAT day, 2323, <laughs> are going to be showing highlights and like the great moments of Michael Jordan on all different stations. It's, it's going to be Michael Jordan day. So, and you know, I'm, I'm super excited about that. So that helps me, that, that kind of helped me think about this and it leads to today's hot topic for you guys. And I'll start with you, JT. What right. was the greatest moment for you in Fifth Third Arena, or the shoe, as we call it? The shoe. What's the greatest moment for you? All right. Pre-COVID, the last game before COVID dropped down on the Bearcats. Um, like I was in the building, so like that's where I'm going to preface that as well because there's a couple of moments i could think of top of my head but i was watching on tv 
are on campus, um, but I wasn't there. But being there um, when the Bearcats, their last game, um, Trey, T- Trey, I said Trey Tucker, my bad. I'm thinking of a damn uh, senior <laughs> bowl right now for the football. For my bad. Yeah. You should not say Tulsa like me. No, nah, no, nah, Tulsa. I'm thinking of the damn senior I know which bowl, one you're bad. thinking of, though. Yep, yep. But uh, Trey Scott had one of his worst games of the season, but at the end of the game, gets a tip put back to win the game. And that was like, you know, Trey was a double-double machine all year, damn near. And then, you know, he had one of the roughest games of the season, and he made the biggest play of the game at the end, getting the rebound put back to win the game. So, and, and fifth third just went crazy. So that was just a pretty cool event to see in a moment to see, you know, just what happened because he was struggling. Like, that might that might have been his worst game of the season legitimately until the end. He made the biggest play. He could have sulked and not been a grinder. He was, and he made the play, and everybody was a geek afterwards. And then, you know, after that, you know, they didn't even get to have an AAC tournament fully, and boom, you know, mm. we're in the world we're living in now. But that, that's what makes it stick out because it was the last game before people wore masks. <laughs> that's – that's crazy on a lot of levels. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. think about it. Think about it, man. It was the last. It was the last. That game. That moment was the last time before. Last time stuff was normal. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like normal. You weren't really thinking about certain stuff. All you know, the the, the normal everyday stuff. You know, we're after that. You know, we're fighting for for a freaking toilet paper, which you ever would have thought. Nobody ever would have thought that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you going into the going into Kroger like man? <laughs> is the toilet paper in here today? <laughs> nope, nope. You, you yeah, know, buddy. You know what's uh? Yeah, gosh, that man. You you made man. That is a that's a good one, man. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up, man. I, I didn't even first of all I didn't think about that one. I was there for that. Um, yeah. Damn that that really makes me think. But I tell you what that that year. Trey Scott was unbelievable. I mean, yeah. the amount of minutes he played that year. Man, man, he was balling. Didn't he have like a 2020? Didn't he have a 2020 game a year? I believe so. I think yeah. he did. I think I he think was going to have one of those since Kenyon. That's crazy. Man. Crazy. That, that was, was like what, in 2020. So that was, it was 20 years since somebody had a 2020 game in a Bearcat uniform. And, and, you know, one thing I think about, you know, when I think about Bearcat basketball, whether it was growing up, watching, playing for the Bearcats, and back to watching as a fan, you know, you think about the Kenyon Martins. You think about the Eric Hicks. But, you, man, yeah. you have to put Trey Scott in, in that fold because he's a guy who just kept grind- – like, like Kenyon didn't come in great. He left great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trey Scott didn't come in great. He left. Yep. Great. Eric Hicks, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is a yeah. cat, man. Yeah, for sure. You just come in, you just get better. Like, like Trey was a hus- pure hustle player when he first got there. And then at the end, you could give Trey the ball. He was making plays. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, crazy. it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> you see, I mean, he's still playing right now. Yeah. It's pretty dope to see. He's a good dude. And then, um, yeah, like Eric Hicks, you know, where he's automatic. I'm shocked he didn't have a 2020 game. Sure seems like he did sometimes. But I feel like he used to be like – I feel mm-hmm. like he had – I wanted to, I need to check his numbers one day when I got some time. I feel like he had probably hella doubles. I know he had hella double doubles. He was – I know that. 
Oh, and I mean, I mean, how could I forget I how close he got? Huh? I wonder how close he got. I bet he had some like 17, 17 type game or something. I'm sure hey, I get to look up those stats, but I mean, I, gosh, another one I'm thinking of is Gary Clark too. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Great. <laughs> Left. Great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know? For sure. God, we need, but Gary came in like impact player ASAP though. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you know, Gary was one of them guys. You just couldn't take off the floor. He just did so many yeah. things. Well, yep. flew under the radar. Uh, and, and did things that other players sometimes didn't want to do. Set that screen. Yeah, yeah. Right? If he would have if, if he wouldn't have got that foul in the shootout, he would have had to play at a moment. Because I think he scored a bucket and then he caught him on a silly foul and the dude made the free throws, ended up losing in, in the fifth in the uh shootout one I think it's freshman year. Hmm. But he had a play now, like like it was crunch time. He tied it up. He I mean, he tied it up. He tied the game up. And then he got the foul. They caught a – it was a ticky-tack foul, but it was, okay. like, something that would have stuck out to me. It was his freshman. I'm like, dang, this dude's only a freshman. He's making the play. They get, they throw it down to him in the crosstown, down two, and he makes the play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Good. That was a good one, JT. Neil, yeah. can you top that, Neil? Yeah, well, you guys hit on about half of it. So I, I was going to go with my favorite memories in the shoe was being – so 2018 was my freshman year of college. So I was going to go with the 2018 to the 2019 team. Now, it's not a favorite moment, but those two teams were historic teams and the recent success and recent history of the University of Cincinnati. Uh, back-to-back AAC champions. So you have to think about that aspect. But JT kind of mentioned it on some of the guys on the roster you had – a guy like Trey Scott, who's averaging double-double. Gary Clark, averaging nearly a double-double and ended up going to the NBA. Jacob Evans, a first-round NBA draft selection to Golden State. Then you look at Kane Broom in 2019, who had the best season of his career, averaging nearly 21 points a game. And then you obviously have to go down the recent history of fan favorites. You have Keith Williams, Jaron Cumberland. Everything Jaron did in his career – was phenomenal. Like everyone knew like what kind of player Jaron could be. And Jaron had a short stint in the NBA. Like you look back on those rosters and you look down at the talent, like look how many of those guys are either playing in or had played in NBA G league overseas. Like I'm looking down right now on my list. You have Jacob Evans, who was a former first round draft pick Keith Williams, who had a phenomenal Bearcat career before transferring to uh, Western Kentucky last year. Gary Clark is still playing in the NBA to this day. Trey Scott just signed a deal overseas after playing in the G League for the past few seasons. Kyle Washington was also on that team, who was actually just back on the Bearcats staff. Now he's out at Loyola, Chicago. And then you look around, like, that 2018 to 2019 team, they had six guys averaging double figures. Think about that. That's six guys averaging double figures a game. And then the last game of that season was actually the last game, last Bearcat game I attended as a fan was Trey Scott's tip-in. And more coincidentally, it was versus Temple. So you got to think, like, look back at the recent past. That was another close game with Temple. Like, Temple has always played us well. So just knowing the environment, the aspect, like, that team was phenomenal. Just how they ended the 2019 season, obviously with COVID and whatnot, the that whole season, but you look back at the history of those two teams, you have a number two seed in the NCAA tournament, 
They go 31 and five in 21 or 2018. Just think about that. 31 and five. That's pretty phenomenal record. I think that's the probably one of the best records in program history. And then they felt, I believe that was the year they fell short to Nevada, if we remember right, in the uh, NCAA tournament. And then you have the 2018-2019 team. So my two favorite memories in the shoe was just being able to watch those two teams during my uh, first two years of college. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. So, okay, here's here's my greatest moment um, that I saw in the shoe. Um, I've well-documented my favorite Bearcat of all time is Nick the Quick Van Exel. And when I was in the building for this, I remember being a young kid. I, I admired Nick so much, copied so much of Nick Van Exel's game. My favorite game then, my favorite game today is the Crosstown Shootout. I, I just, I absolutely love that game. And when Nick Van Exel came just a little bit over half court, and hit that half-court shot against Xavier in the shoe um, that day. That that man, that place went bananas. I mean, that place was shaking. You know that, you know that thing in the corner. The the I don't know what they call it, but like the phantometer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that thing broke that day. Man, <laughs> need to my... bring that back, man. It's up there. It's up there. Is it? It's up in the. It's they. I don't know if they moved it, but it's, it's in the. So JT, it's corner. in the corner, straight across from where we sit for the games. It's all the way up in the top rafters. I need yeah. to pay attention to that because I did not know. I thought the thing was gone. I did. Mm-hmm. I did too for a minute, and I saw it one day, and I'm like, "What?" Yeah. I know it used to be like. Fact, I know it's still up there because when I talked to Mamadou last year when Tennessee Tech came. So fun story. Mamadou actually took Tennessee Tech's team through warmups. And had the UC guys mess around and goes, guys, look at that up there. Look how loud it can get in here. So I'm preparing you now. This place can get pretty rocking and electric. And then he pointed out and showed everyone the elect- the Rocco meter up top to get What's the crowd involved. Is it called the Rocco meter? I'm not sure what it's called, but oh, it's like Daniel meter, Rocco meter. You just made yeah, that Rocco meter. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd gets rocking with it. Whatever call it, I don't know how you would call it. Fanometer, Rockometer. I don't know it's what it's called. Oh, neither. Uh, but I remember neither him friend. telling me like he, I thought it was he gone. pointed it out and was like, "Yeah, man, I had to tell the team about that thing up there because they'll look up there and they'll they'll see it get pretty rowdy in here." Well, I'm gonna tell you when Nick Van Exel hit that shot, I think there were sparks flying off the Rockometer, <laughs> and that place went crazy. And for for a young, and I, I always think about this. So I, when I'm at games and I see young young kids there that are probably aspiring players or playing ba- basketball at the time, and they're watching, you know, these guys. They're watching Juice and Landers. They're watching those guys the same way I was watching Nick Van Exel and Roger McClendon, all, all the players of the past, man. But but Nick yeah. Nick's shot, man, um, that always sticks out to me as the, the number one greatest moment uh, for me in, uh, in the shoe. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. 93 Ways to Mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit the website 93waystomentor.com or contact Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Fellows, this includes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Taxley, Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota, 
and 93 Ways to Mentor. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Uh, once again, I will be at uh, Mio's Live for a podcast on February 22nd from 5 to 6 p.m. before the 7 p.m. Temple game. Special guests will be announced. We're pretty close to locking this person down. I think Bearcat fans will like it. The Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast is presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. Now, we will be back with another new episode before the February 7th Tulane game. Fellas, man, we're, we're knocking these podcasts out, man. man. Yeah, man. We're putting, we're, putting, we're putting a lot of them out there, giving, giving the fans what they, what they want. Um, the, the, Taxley, the Taxley interviews out, that was fun. Um, yeah, man. And then we have one coming up with, you want to say it? JT? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We got one coming up with David DeJulius, man. We plan on giving that out to you guys very soon. So uh, keep a keep a good eye out on on the pods, wherever you check it out at, because they will it will be dropping. But make sure you guys check out the taxi one. That one's a real good and detailed one. Um, so hopefully everybody's checking that one out. Yeah, I hope everyone is checking out the podcast. Tap in and check out the uh, sponsorship with the podcast with Taxley. I know me being a young individual, there was a lot I was able to pick up and learn just being in the same room as uh, Russ and his wife, Anisha. So for all the people out there who listen in, I know there's a lot of people out there in the business, the marketing or the accounting aspect. Make sure you hit that link and check out uh the good stuff at Taxley and what they got going on over there. Russ and his wife, Anisha, are doing phenomenal things over at Taxley. So make sure you reach out and give them some support as well. Yes, sir. And we want to thank all the Bearcat fans out there for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Go Bearcats! Go Bearcats!